Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Portier Psychedelic Podcast. Within this podcast, we talk to one of our community members called Roku. Not his real name, but we talk to him since he is one of our experts on microdosing DMT. Can you microdose DMT? How does one do it and what are the effects? Since there is no scientific research on this, this is another pioneering talk. For those new to us, we are Portier. We create products and innovation to raise the standard for psychedelics in society. In our podcast, we travel to the frontiers of psychedelics and talk to experts, psychonauts, and pioneers in the scene. And you can also join our co-creative mission. Go to our website, portiersupplies.com, P-O-R-T-I-E-R supplies.com, and sign up for our newsletter. Together, let's build a brighter future for psychedelics. So today we're talking with Roku. And Roku um, is an experienced psychonaut. He uh, has been experiencing uh, his microdoses over the past week or weeks. What is it? How long have you been doing it? I've been doing this for about two or three weeks. As a basic intro, could you tell us a little bit about um, your background and how you got into psychedelics? What is your experience level in this field? Yeah, no problem. I originally got into psychedelics when I was about 16 And this was during a period when I was learning a lot about like new sorts of spirituality, like Buddhism and Taoism, a lot of Alan Watts and all that sort of stuff. And at one point, um, a YouTuber brought up something called mushrooms and him having an ego death on that. Um, I have heard about ego death on that before, but I've never heard of like mushrooms and all that sort of stuff. And after learning about him after him saying that he had an ego death on the substance it got me kind of curious because at that point i've only heard of like negative drugs Hmm. you know like i i I thought like marijuana was really awful for a person Hmm. but as much as i continued to learn and learn i realized oh these are like the opposite of a bad thing these are like really good where did you learn (laughs) all this stuff like uh, you just been reading um, articles or you've been following different teachers it was mostly through youtube honestly okay. um there was a few other people um i eventually went down to like um reddit but that was only like a year or two ago to be honest and that was mostly for me learning about dmt yeah that's quite quite peculiar and most people start with mushrooms but you have not right you started out with dmt what's the what's the deal with that i'm not have yet to try um have yet to try mushrooms i have my first psychedelic was actually lsd nice. and that was awful awful experience <laughs> <laughs> so how did you move on from lsd to dmt but what made that leap because usually people uh do that later on in their journey as a psychonaut well because it's a really convenient substance um it's only about seven or eight minutes there's not too much of a fuss and being someone who's in house who is still dependent on households that are um of people who are not too fond of drugs and all that sort of stuff um i need to find something to experiment with but to also not not get caught basically yeah yeah i think a lot of people can relate to that um especially the younger people how how old are you now uh, I am 20. I'm going to be 21 in February. All right. 
right? Fresh soul. So yes. many more years to experiment. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and uh, just to dive into the, the microdosing thing. So uh, what made you uh, try it? What were your reasons for it? Okay, so I actually had like a pretty interesting start with it. Um, about a month or two, I was seriously depressed, like more so than I usually have. Um, the year has been very hard. I had a scare with a friend. Um, I got seriously sick and got really behind with my studies. So it led to like a really bad depression with like suicidal thoughts, which is something I never really had. And I know something needs to be done about it. So at, at that point, um, I talked to my psychologist. I talked to a doctor. I got some antidepressants and I was pretty set on doing that. But I decided, all right, I'm going to do this. But before I do that, I am going to try some DMT one last time before I commit to this. And I kid you not, the trip that I had, um, that first trip that I had that started all this, made all of my depression just go away. I mean, it, it was just done. And I was, I was very clear. I was getting back on school and it... It was just everything. I was like, well, fuck me. <laughs> so after that, I basically decided, all right, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try a little experiment. I'm gonna do something I've been thinking about for a while, but never had any reason to commit to it. I'm gonna do this daily for a while and see where it takes me. And yeah, that's basically what started all this. So what was the protocol you're getting into, like uh, your microdosing protocol? Like dosages I, and my micro. You can talk about which substance you've been microdosing with. Um, I've just been doing the uh, synthetic NN dimethyltryptamine sort mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, the last day I tried some Changa, but that was more as a more as a celebration than um actually than actually part of like the uh you know thing. And yeah, um. I haven't really had too many um, like set set ways of doing it, other than just do it close to every day. And if I miss one day, don't don't skip it the next day or something like that. And um, the dosages have kind of varied. Um, I prefer something so long as I kind of see visuals at least. Um, you know, just be it all. You know, slightly see like some geometrical stuff or anything like that. With open eyes still, or um, usually my eyes are closed. I'm usually I usually like to do it in the dark, but um, yeah, sometimes sometimes open eyes and like the light and all that sort of stuff. Did we talk about like what the average dose you eyeballed it? Uh, yeah, I eyeballed it. I loaded up about um, uh, what was it? Uh, anywhere between like fifteen to thirty grams into my emesh, and I would just take. Slight little pulse off of that. Okay, yeah, an image for people who listen is a device you have to assemble yourself with various parts, and there are tutorials online, and it's amongst the most effective ways to vaporize DMT. Um, so, from my understanding, you just took a little bit and thought, like, okay, this is a low dose and put it on. So, it's not really a micro dose, right? It's maybe like a mini dose or a small dose. Yeah, that's, I'd say that's pretty accurate because. Um, my preferred way to do it would actually have some open-eyed visuals. Um, I would not 
really do it just for like a feel, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because in the mushroom world or the LSD world, microdosing can be like, okay, you don't really feel the trippiness, um, but you still get the medicinal effects of um, being more creative or, um, you know, therapeutic effects of not feeling depression. But in your case, it was actually quite psychedelic, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely psychedelic. Um, to be honest, if I did do something without, without like the psychedelic feels, I wouldn't even know if I was actually experiencing anything or not. Yeah. It's, um, mm -hmm. it's so quick. Like you never really have like time to like, you know, feel out of like, is this affecting me or not? So, so you took it in the fir like first thing in the morning or during the day or in the evening. And did you have some sort of, yeah, ceremony before, or was it just been taken like, um, spontaneously um i was pretty um i didn't really have a set time where i usually did it um it was usually in the afternoons though i usually like to do it in the dark but i've done it a few times in the morning um for the first half of it i did have a bit of a ceremony um i would basically get out my box and um what kind of box i would It'd be the portal box. <laughs> um, anyways, I'd get out the box. I'd make sure all the lights are off. Um, uh, I'd get under a blanket, uh, have my face mask ready on, and um, just take two or three breaths and then, you know, just inhale a little bit until I feel like, okay, this is enough. Then I drop my mask. And that's, that's as close to a ceremony I got. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, yeah. Yeah. it's a ceremony. It's a ritual. It's yeah. a little ritual. And it, yeah, a lot of people. Ritual, yeah. They put the mask on top of their forehead, and then once they start working, they just like visors, you know, they put them. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been yeah. daily. So, uh, like, maybe you can tell us a bit about like how this went along. So, how did it change in the beginning? And, like, um, what did it feel like after a couple of days? Yeah. Um, at first, it kind of gave me, um, I'm not really sure what it'd be. Um, well, even to this day, like, I don't really feel like any depression. Usually I have some sort of like, a little bit of depression going on. Just, you know, like a day to day thing. But afterwards, I like right now, I don't feel any depression at all. And I haven't for the last month or so. So that has been one thing I've noticed. Um, and when I was still going to school, um, the semester ended a while ago, but when I was still going to school, I had much more motivation to actually get my schoolwork done than I really ever have before, to be honest. I've, I've always struggled with school, but with this, I've been able to find the motivation to actually get down to studying and get my shit done and all that sort of stuff. So that was definitely something I've noticed. Um, something else I've kind of noticed is, um, well, I still don't really feel depressed or anything. I have been kind of overly critical about all of my like day to day aspects, you know, like instead of, you know, like, laying in bed or like playing a video game on my laptop. Maybe I should be reading a book or something like that. 
And it's been getting me to think more like healthily about myself, you know. And, you know, like sleeping in, all that other stuff. Like I had like sort of this more critical mindset, I guess. But I wouldn't say it's a negative mindset. I'd say it's more like, you know, I need to work on this. I need to get this done. And it's more like, it's more like um, me building myself up a bit. Like these are the things I need to do if I want to like, you know, be a more better person, I guess. So that's, those are, those are all sorts of the things that have been happening that I've Great. like, I can notice. Yeah. I'd say, um, I'm pretty creative. Um, I write down little notes I do for like, you know, little fiction ideas I have. And I'd say that I've gotten a, f- a fair amount of new ideas while, while experimenting with this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, um, did you experience any sort of negative effect or fatigue or anything from it? I've been having a lot of nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been very strange. Um, you, I feel fine in my waking day. You know, I feel pretty, um, pretty healthy. I'd say even pretty happy. But when I at at night, it's just for whatever reason, I've been having way more you know, bad dreams and nightmares than I ever have before this. Wow. You still feeling rested though when you wake up or is it, has this been interfering with your quality of sleep as well? Um, Depends on the quality of sleep, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the first experience you mentioned that, um, well, you were uh, struggling with some depression and then since Mm -hmm. the first dose, uh, you say that it, it hasn't popped up. Now, from a therapist's point of view, it could be, you know, that this suppresses, you know, the, the real issue that, has, that is at heart from your depression. Um, is this something that came up during your first trip or is it something that showed you the cause of your depression so that you can deal with the root cause? Or, you know, because I, I want to figure out if it's a suppressant of a depression or an actual you know, something that actually helps solves the, the root cause. Do you, can you say anything about that? Yeah. So I guess, um, I guess what kind of started my depression is just kind of like, you know, the, the stress I've had on this year in general, um, you know, being back in, um, social society after, you know, go from, from going from like the pandemic um, and all the things that I listed earlier, I'd say that um, I was just at a point where I, it just kind of all this kind of hit me at once, I guess. Um, the depression itself wasn't really a cause of anything that was happening at a specific time. It was just sort of like, it was just sort of like the dam just kind of broke down and all just kind of flooded at once. without any specific thing happening in my current life to have that happen. And I think kind of what DMT realized is that what DMT showed me was that I'm, I'm okay. I am fine with my day-to-day life. And basically I don't need to worry about this right now in my life and I can just, you know, try and improve myself, I guess. 
And I wouldn't say that it was suppressing it, more that it was, you know, showing me what was actually going on. Like um, my second to last trip w- with this before the Chaga experience, I had this amazing, amazing experience where I had this epiphany where like, I keep letting my mind run a thousand beats a minute without ever just giving it a moment to like breathe. So after that one, I tripped 15 minutes after that. And I just had the most beautiful experience, just like letting my mind be free. And I broke down crying, like full on sobbing because of how amazing it was. It was like, Remembering something you just completely forgot for the longest time just hits you right in the fucking face. So I wouldn't say this is a drug that's suppressing my negative emotions. It's showing me what those negative emotions are and how to process that in, in a lot of ways. So when did you stop this experiment now? Uh, how, how much time has passed ever since you... Um. My last trip was two days ago, and that was yeah, the yeah. Changa experience. Okay. And now you're planning to give this a rest, or are you thinking of like stepping back into this uh, microdosing routine, or do you think this is something you want to do every once in a while, or it kind of done its job now? Um, I think I am going to give it a rest. Um, definitely not done with this stuff, though, but... For now, I just think it's time for me to actually process this because, you know, I have sort of just been carrying on my life the same way without actually um, changing too many aspects of my life. And I think now is really an opportune moment for me just to try and, you know, adapt and try and put all the experience I've had, you know, into my life you know, into my, you know, day-to-day interests, try and live what those experiences have showed me, I suppose. And um, could you tell a little bit about what you remembered in one of those trips that you just touched upon? Um, yeah. So I have a few things about them. Um, first, let me um, just say, like, um, uh, a reoccurring thing is... um. It was kind of like in the middle of my vision, something that's showed up more than a few times is like, um, have you ever stood in like two mirrors and like there there seems to be like an infinite loops of you going on? Mm -hmm. Okay. I sort of, I sort of like saw multiple times like this standing guy and there, and just going on forever and ever, it seemed to have just been like this influent loop of this one individual. And that's just sort of something that's always reoccurred, I suppose. And um, who was another, go ahead. No idea who it was. Maybe it was me on multiple different dimensions. I have no idea. <laughs> All right. So that was but, something um, that was recurring. And um, you mentioned some. Yeah, that epiphanies you had like where you remember something from your uh previous years what was that i'm not even sure what it was it felt more like remembering an emotion i have some sort of clarity or euphoria or just 
know, being fine with it. And um, that that specific one, I do remember seeing stuff because I was out in the Minnesota cold, um, right over a freezing river. It was nighttime, and across the river was a number of of um, factories, like inside, like a little forest area. And so, with that trip specifically, I saw like these two or three different factory lights become like this giant red um, skyline, and it was absolutely beautiful to see. And another thing that happened is on the other side of like this of this uh, river, a train was passing by, and. The train was so long and so big. This was real. This wasn't me tripping, but they kind of interlinked. And just realizing that just made me like realize like the whole beauty of like humanity, just like having all this, like all these experiences around me, just kind of overloading, like not entirely sure where reality began and the trip ended, I supposed. And it just having that whole, like, my world just be enhanced on levels I don't fully understand was just absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow, that sounds incredible. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, you also mentioned doing it outside, huh? which uh, sounds incredible. Yes. Yeah. Yes, in the Minnesota cold. Um, yeah. That Chanda experience, you, you saw that photo of me. Um, yeah, yeah. And that at that point it was like 17 degrees Fahrenheit and which is about negative eight degrees Celsius. Wow. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you, the cold just gives you an absolute feeling. I don't even know how to describe it, but it enhances it on a few levels. I don't really understand, but it just <laughs> something I think I'm gonna prefer over to warmer weather. You're interested in this? I definitely recommend going, getting into Wim Hof because he has been shouting about this for a while. Right, the magic of the go world. Yeah. the ice can make you. Do you have a Do you have a swimming place close to you? <laughs> An outdoor swimming location. All the ice that is frozen over like 10 inches deep okay yeah. no way of swimming in that you messaged us on our community discord and you said that you couldn't really explain what followed but the first trip you had was really hard you say i kept trying to rationalize everything um, but it gave me a deep and hard epiphany i've been thinking almost every second of my life trying to focus majorly on ideals i've never given my brain a moment to not focus on anything so this realization, I tried, I decided to try again, and there's no way of describing what happens next. It was so amazing and beautiful in so many ways, like remembering an emotion you haven't felt in a long time. I started crying. Um, it was absolutely fucking amazing. <laughs> That's <what> you said. <laughs> right? That's um, absolutely great. Yeah, and absolutely fucking amazing. I think this uh, uh, this resonates with a lot of people who. Um, overthink and overthinking especially in people who are you know intellectual or or smart people they can tend to stress too much about life overthink things and end up in a depressed state right so um, Mm -hmm. 
perhaps uh, some of these psychedelic tools can allow us to reconnect to the fact that, you know, there's no need to th overthink and overanalyze constantly, right? Was that something that, uh, that it showed you? Yeah, I'd say that's an aspect of it. Um, you don't always have to chase ideals because you as an ind individual are an infinite amount of things. And it's hard to remember that when you're always focusing on just being like a specific person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having that memory of it is always good. Like, you know, I've, I've brought this up multiple times on uh, the Discord that I idolize Aldous Huxley. You know, he always seems like, you know, he seems like such an amazing person. And just, I wish I'm able to have basically as great as mine that he had and be such a great person while doing it. But something I got to remember is that Aldous Huxley is not me, for better or for worse. <laughs> and I need to focus on being who I am. And whatever that whatever that hell that may be, I must let that happen. And if I do that, I can't focus on being ideals. I can't focus on trying to focus on really anything. I just need to allow myself to basically allow my brain to shut the fuck up and just, you know, just be for like two minutes. Mm -hmm. And with that, I think I'm able to just figure out what to do a lot more better than if I'm just always thinking and thinking and thinking, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Do you have an action plan on how yeah. to make this happen in your life or, or getting closer to a state of being? No idea. <laughs> no clue at all. But um, I'm sure there's ways. Like if I keep act, you know, if I keep going with healthy habits and um actually apply myself to my passions i think that um i think i'll i think i'll be all right <laughs> yeah i think our heads can get into the way of uh living according to what our heart says you know what, what's good for us and um it's easy to get these things when you see them written on paper you know alan watts also uh, touches upon this that uh um expectations are your own demise right if you always if you are already perfect and then you aspire to be something you're not, that's setting you up for depression, basically. And um, that's the root cause of depression, yeah. right? Not meeting expectations. Um, but it's also a way to push you and motivate you. So there's this uh, double-sided coin, right? Um, yeah. Uh, how yeah. did it um, progress for you and how did it lead up to your last Changa celebration? Well... I mean, I think one of the main reasons I was doing this, um, help, uh, irregardless of personal growth, is because of my school. And, you know, I needed to do something to keep my grades up. And, you know, just having some reminder to just be here now, I think really helped, you know, helped me progress with that. That plus a lot of caffeine. <laughs> um so that was kind of the first half. And once the semester ended, um, I went over to my grandparents back in my hometown, away from my college. And at that point, 
I think I just did it just to, you know, I'm not entirely sure why I kept doing it, to be honest. <laughs> but um, at that was the point where I started going outside. That was the point where I started, you know, realizing just to you know, try and continue to improve myself. And that's also when I started, you know, having trips outside. Curious though, as uh, how uh, <laughs> the Changa experience, what like the the thing that led up to it, and uh, how did it climax into this? last moment of you being outside with your friend yeah so that experience itself um i've had um some chanka for a while now but i've never really had a chance to actually you know experiment with it give it a little taste i guess so i thought what better way to end this deal than to actually give it a little try. Yeah. Um, so I just, I decided to meet up with my friend who is the only other psychedelic dude that is in, you know, my personal community. And we headed out to a little nature reserve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, the experience itself, um, I wouldn't say had too much personal meaning, but it did give me a lot of euphoria and like a lot of like understanding of like maybe the universe or something like that. So what I saw in it was um was not too much of a hallucination. It was more just kind of my understanding of everything just kind of ripped away from me and just allowed me to take everything in, like through sight, through all my senses and all that sort of stuff. And it was an awe-inspiring trip, just to say. It's a very different experience from normal DMT. But afterwards, it just made me incredibly giddy and just incredibly happy just to have the experience. Um, I wouldn't say it was much more meaningful than the DMT experience that I keep referencing, but it was a nice reminder of just what everything is. <laughs> and that was a very beautiful experience. And um, I remember, I don't, I don't think I said this in the chat. I remember just having this and just like my mouth wide open and I turned around behind the tree where my buddy was sitting and he looked up to, up to me and he gave me the biggest smile and it was just the most incredible thing to witness happen. <laughs> Just just him smiling, and it just made me absolutely crazy, absolutely giddy. And it was just such a wonderful way just to end this whole thing. Nice. Um, yeah, Changa is going to be quite different. Huh? And uh, for people listening who don't understand, it's, uh, it's DMT mixed with an MAOI, uh, which means that it's kind of like a short ayahuasca session, a little bit more earthy, less outer space, blast in outer space. Um, 
So you ended your whole microdosing adventure with a big smile, <laughs> your friend, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think you continued to smile. Like when I look at you now, like I see your face and I don't know, I feel, <laughs> I feel some change. No, like I kid you not, like there's some, some difference um, in your appearance. What if was this a thing you could also take into your therapy with, um, you said you had some counseling or therapy. Is this something you could, that could help uh, with your, within your therapy sessions as well? Yeah. Um, I see a psychologist um, once a month mm -hmm. about, and I told her that I do these sorts of things. No, um, no, no. How, how did I'm the, not, uh, she react to it? When you when you told her first, I I don't know if she's allowed to say that she thinks it's a good thing, but she wasn't inherently saying it was a bad thing, and I think she also noticed that you made progress. I improved a hell of a lot more mm -hmm. from my last session, so mm -hmm. I was fine with her knowing about that, and she didn't seem too disgusted by it at all, yeah. so. But you talked about the matter itself or you just touched upon briefly or was she asking you a question about those experiences as well? Um, I touched on it briefly. Um, yeah. No, I, I went into a little detail too. Um, you know, I told her, to be honest, this whole sort of thing just completely changed my mood and I will probably revisit this again if I need it, if I need to. And she did not seem, um, you know, just turned off by that at all. She seemed to be all right with me just being in a better place. I don't know. She didn't give me a lot to go off of for me to figure out what she was thinking. But she, there was enough there for me to realize, okay, I'm fine with telling her this. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So how many your camera turned off by the way yeah yeah we uh, we noticed the connection was getting a bit worse so we yeah. thought maybe this would yeah. stabilize a little bit and it did um how many sessions did you do in total and did you have a set amount in uh, in mind how many sessions do you do in total um i didn't really have a any in mind but i think i did around 20 to 25. okay it was more that's a substantial you, amount. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share uh, from those experiences? Any experience in particular that you still feel like you should talk about? Um, or any, I'm tip not you would any tip you would give to someone who is maybe like thinking about any the same thing? Well, <laughs> that reminds me. Um, one of the guys in the Discord um he kept wanting me wanting to know like so on a scale of one to ten like how much would you recommend this and he asked me in like three different ways like to give me a yes or no answer and to be honest i really genuinely don't know because while this experience have may have went well for me this substance is so crazy and so out there I have absolutely no idea how it react from person to person. I do this. I do this as a person who has a pretty open mind and as a very spiritual person. But I know people like my cousin, who's 
pretty cynical guy. I think it might break him. I think he may lose a lot of his grasp on a lot of things he thought he understood. So with these things, I think you need to have a lot of caution and a lot of understanding of what you're going to get into because, and realize that this varies from person to person, because let me tell you, this is one of the most craziest fucking things a human can experience. And with that, you need to give it the respect it deserves and the understanding that you are about to enter a realm that is completely unlike anything you have ever experienced before. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, Terrence McKenna, you said, uh, we are not supposed to have this experience, folks. This is not supposed to even exist. He said it's, <laughs> right? it's, yeah, he said it's not supposed to exist. <laughs> it's not supposed to exist, and it feels like that. You know, when the, the world, everything has this function, and then we have this very profound mystical experience that everybody is looking for constantly within movies or video games and then it's right there i don't agree with this statement though i don't i, I think it's supposed to exist yeah but it's so strange right it's such a different thing that it's definitely not for everyone and it for sure has its place and its reason and its way of use but because we haven't done the research for our decades or hundreds of years we are still just just getting a glimpse of or grasping a little bit of what we can do and i feel like this podcast is a little bit of a help or this this interview with you shedding a little bit of a light one of the early lights on this topic um so i definitely want to thank you yeah. yeah definitely it was an absolute pleasure guys i love doing this <laughs>